0: As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: Welcome to Androids Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. Traditionally, this is pandemic edition, endless pandemic, endless lockdown, endless do-what-I-tell-you edition. I am Jack, and I'm joined by the lovely JJB. How are you, Joel?
0: Not bad. I heard something interesting the other day. Apparently, some of our our listeners... Only listen when we don't talk about board games. Example. Like, you know, at the beginning of the episodes, we usually just start rambling about whatever's been going on in our lives or whatever.
1: Uh huh.
0: They'll like tune in for that time. And then as soon as we say, what have you been playing lately? <laughs> They're like, nope, they turn off the podcast. That's interesting because I would have thought it would be the exact
1: opposite. It. It's like we're just yeah. destroying everything we've got. Like just kneecapping any momentum we have by uh, mindless chit chat. <laughs> apparently, yeah,
0: apparently, our aimless banter is, is really a good
1: draw. <laughs> well, maybe we can just draw out the show for a whole, whole hour of uh, inane chit chat and uh, conversation. But apparently,
0: Ghost has been eating off the stove, so he's been put into jail, which means that he gets put in my hands and the door gets closed.
1: I feel like that's sending the cat mixed signals. He, he was eating something delicious and then he gets to be held hmm
0: yeah i suppose so but he doesn't want to be
1: you can tell how, he,
0: he's good to just like go
1: explore right now how big is the cat now
0: he's a medium cat he's nice and tall he's not a chubby guy mm-hmm. he's a good boy
1: speaking of listeners you can check us out on cfru.ca tune in on thursdays at one o'clock if you're listening and it's thursday at one o'clock good for you if you are not what's wrong with you unless you're listening online through the archives or your favorite podcasting website that works. That's great. And that's how Joel can probably tell when you drop off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you don't even listen at all. But we do it, get stats. I haven't checked them in a while. I, I'd rather not even look at them. It's, it's, <laughs> it's obvious we get so many. It's, you know, you don't even need to know. Uh, anyway, Android's dungeon is a show about books, movies, games, music, whatever happened to us before we walked into the studio, or in this case, the offices in which we're recording, uh, I have gassy dogs sitting in the hall next to me, so that's kind mm. of a change. Gross. He's, uh, he's a bit of a farty boy, but uh, that's what happens when your dog does not do a power dump on the walk. But uh, You know what? I, it's not fair to yeah. him. He's not smelly right now, but uh, he does have a habit of being a little farty. Sometimes very audible. Sometimes to <laughs> the point <thought> that <laughs> even it, it shocks him. He'll be sitting... He he'll scare himself. He'll sometimes not scare, but he'll be surprised. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> he's not a genius, but he does his best.
0: Reminds me of like Goodwill Hunting, when uh, Robin Williams is talking to Matt Damon about his wife and how she used to wake herself up with her farts and they would scare the <laughs> would scare the dog off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I guess, it's pretty similar, except the dog is like, he's <laughs> not scaring the dog anyone. Is
0: the culprit yeah
1: well that's one of the old jokes is blame it on the dog and and to be honest like you can always tell the difference between a dog fart and a person fart and if you oh, can't then that, there's something wrong with that person that. <laughs> well, it's a very rich rich smell to a dog fart that's only an only a beast can can conjure but uh i think if a human being is capable of that they they should really rethink their diet and maybe the amount of exercise they're getting because it's they need something else in their diet <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say yeah this is a gross Stop eating topic. kibbles all the time. It's weird. Yeah, kibbles and uh, chewing on bones and marrow and things. So, <laughs> yeah. Joel, what have you been playing recently?
0: Uh, Tokyo Tattoo Girls. <laughs> 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 Did you get a promo code? <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, that was uh, a PS Vita game, apparently, that was given to our friend that he gave a 1.9 out of 10.
1: It's such a weird number to give to something wrong. to, but I think he's got a very specific rubric to use. Like uh, that anal retentive teacher that gave you a bizarre grade on a paper. Yeah, <laughs> how, really how nice. did they
0: not get a two, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: They didn't have enough tattoos. <laughs> 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 anyway, I've, been playing, no Kuni. I've been playing a buttload of Age of Empires. I've been playing some Welcome 2, which has been pretty good. Um and then, you know, the standard uh DC deck building, although I did get to learn um oh no I told you about that game anymore already. Never mind. <laughs> Feels like it's been longer than when we played uh when I played uh Unstable Unicorns, but I guess no, that was our last episode.
1: Well we took a week off because uh I was busy last week, couldn't record, and yeah. uh it's just easier, you know what, it's it's good to make our dedicated listener wait. An episode here and there just to starving uh, for content, starving for content. And we're gonna, you know, draw out the hunger a little bit longer. But, um, he, uh, I got to play, um, uh, it was a little bit of a, um, kind of a a scatter approach to games. We did, um, um, got to play some Azul on the weekend, which we haven't played in a little bit because we've just been so busy. And I I think I've mentioned before, but we've been we picked up the I guess you can call an expansion, but it's uh, it's extra player boards. And it comes with this plastic insert that you can put on top to kind of keep things kind of locked in place. That's quite nice, not necessary by any stretch, it's just another little bit of bling you can have. But I've mentioned before these extra player boards, I don't know what it is about them because they, they add restrictions and little scoring changes to the game, but it's fundamentally the exact same game. But there's something about these new boards that breaks my brain, Joel. And
0: mm. I, like I can the say little it? plastic things
1: that, that sit down? No, it no. And and like the, 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 it? No, it, the, the plastic boards don't chase anything. You can use those with anything. But the boards themselves, they're different. And they have... Mm. So, for example, one of the changes has locked-in locations on um so if you imagine the the three right, by three there or something? yeah so in the three by three by the center in the corners in the center there are one color of each and you're required to put down um one of your tiles in those spots specifically and yeah. then the other side i forget what the change is i'd have to look it up but uh, we just stayed the one side but i would say my my win record going into before we picked up that expansion i would say i was i was cruising at a nice high percentage oh, I, yeah. I, I consider myself quite good at Azul. when we got the expansions, something about it just caused my brain the short circuit, and I cannot, for the life of me, get scores even close to what i'm I'm accustomed to getting. And uh, my win record has just plummeted, and kale just just wrecks me so often mm. that it, it's it's like I'm looking at myself trying to go, what am I doing wrong here? because the game is this exact same. And for those who don't know, yeah. Azul is like it, it's um an easy recommend that I think um it's it's uh, it's not a casual game but it's a light game um but it it's it's something i think could easily be in everyone's collection in terms of accessibility and replayability and uh just for its aesthetics i think it's just a fantastic production from top to bottom and it really does everything it wants to do um but the uh this this new edition or not new edition the, the this expansion just plays uh, just i think it just it's one one extra leap in synaptic uh, requ- a requirement that kind of just caused me to short circuit and end up with scores that are so low and constantly looking down and realizing that I can't even finish columns anymore because of poor placement and it, it, just staring in the distance and hearing, hello darkness my old friend <laughs> Yeah, I know the feeling man,
0: I've been playing uh, Welcome 2 mm. and like I think it, you saw in the post, but like I thought mm. I was pretty good at that game. I also, mm-hmm. thought I was like everything was clicking. Yeah. But every time I got to the end of the game, I'd be like thirty points down, mm. and just be like, "How? How did it happen?" But yeah. you know, some some of those games, like, if you get them go long, go long enough, usually yeah. everybody has pretty high points. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. in that, you know, it's like comes up to, to those multipliers and combos. And yeah. These pools are actually end up worth to be a ton.
1: Pools are worth tons of points. Parks are worth tons yep. of points too. Parks, um, essentially, I think the the only one that is I th- it, it's worth a ton of points if you can do it properly. But generally speaking, I don't think it's worth it in terms of the unless you're really good at planning it. And maybe that's my problem. But I'd love to see the math breakdown to see if they've actually crunched the numbers on th- whether it's mathematically more advantageous to do this. But the, when you take fences, so for those who don't know welcome to is a roll and write game where you're, you are developing a uh, suburban neighborhood essentially, and you flip up three cards and the card each card will have two piece of information. The top of it an illustration basically indicating what the power of the card is, and the bottom indicating the or I guess it's in the middle, I can't even remember what the cards look like exactly, uh, will say, give you the number. And like most of these games, you have to go in a sequential order. You can never put a higher number below a lower number. So you have to lay out these. Uh, you're drawing on houses and you have to put numbers down and you have to be careful where you're putting numbers. So if you get like number one or number 15, that's easy. It's like goes to the top or goes to the bottom. If you get eights and sevens and 11s and stuff, then your brain starts to scratch and you go, yeah. oh, geez, where do I put this? And then you have to think, oh, it's a pool well, I can put this pool up here It's a decently high number, but then I'm restricted, and I need exactly two numbers to get the rest of these, or do I use biz, which allow you to double up on numbers, but if you use too many, you get negatives on your board, which I think the negatives are far outweighed by finishing stuff, so I think biz yeah. is actually criminally Sometimes underused in my games. So. Except the only thing about biz is that it doesn't give you a thing, right?
0: Like, everything else gives you a benefit, yeah. whereas biz is like, well, I double up, but I don't actually get
1: well, and that's it. everything else
0: gets you points.
1: So that's what I was going to say, is that I think if you're really good at fencing stuff and using bids, yeah, you get a lot of points goal, at that. Yeah. But I think it's so difficult to pull off fences properly because it's you have to use them so frequently and you have to chop it up and you have to make sure everything's done versus yeah. putting a pool in the right place. It, like parks are so simple. Put a number down in that spot, cross off one of the trees. And yeah. it, it's... Anyway, I think it's a great, great game. Yeah, I love it as a roll and write. Um, yep. And there's so many expansions, too, or different versions, and I'm afraid to even look at them, because I'm wondering, like, what what do these add? What do these change? Are these just, like, themes? Is just, like, Harry Potter Munchkin or something? Like, I I don't know. It kind of keeps me on my toes a little bit. But uh, as it stands, the base game we've played tons of times. And my only criticism is that it's a little too complicated to just dump on people who are looking for a quick, easy game, because I find the information overload has short-circuited a couple brains uh, Really.
0: Yep. you've had people balk at Welcome to. I feel like it's super simple.
1: I but think I it's that's <laughs> yeah. I've just like for people who are completely new to the genre, I've seen them struggle tremendously, and uh, I've I've done my best to. I, I think we teach it quite well because it's not a difficult game, but I think the concepts to it are a little complicated, and maybe getting the, the immediate strategy down is a little tricky. But I'm not saying they've had a bad time, but I think it is more complicated than. Um, some other stuff that is like very, um, very, very linear. Like, let's say, um, second chance, for example, where it's just like, right. can you, can or, you draw a uh, shape? Oh yeah, good. Um, railroad Ink. Railroad Inc. Oh, railroad Ink. Oh geez, that one. Yeah. Anyway. It's uh, easy to learn
0: though, right? It's like yeah. here's the paths. You can just draw make your what paths. You see on yeah. The path. And that You're one's cute too terribly, but you'll yeah. learn what you did wrong by the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, there's less, I think there's less information to process in terms of like just draw your roots versus, uh, oh, what's Biz do again? Like, oh, hold on here. I don't know. And Let that's me just me. So we did, um, we, d- we didn't play Welcome to, we played Azul. So we did two games of that and we, we went 50 uh, 50 on those. So I took one, the second one, Kale took the first one. Okay, not bad. Um, so I'm pretty, I was pleased with that because I haven't won one of those in forever. Then we did Splendor and uh splendor was uh it's one of those i don't want to call it evergreen it's just a game that we can play so quickly and so easily between the two of us and i think we're both decently good at it that uh it, there's a the, there's a struggle i guess if that's what, the right word to be used like if there's an actual competition of sorts yeah um it's and like i do yeah exactly so it's it's like you you know the, the other person doing yeah and i don't know when was the last time you played splendor joel
0: not too long ago, I think maybe uh, around Christmas.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a decent amount of time, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I suppose, but like you know, yeah. it's it's getting pretty old. But we, oh, I, I do have an aunt and uncle that I don't know if they
1: do it anymore, but they used to play it every night for years. Wow, that's that's crazy. I think you mentioned that before, but I'm still f- absolutely flabbergasted at that too.
0: Yeah. it's just um, their go-to, you know.
1: Well, just like when you mentioned that. Uh, your friends uh, would play wingspan like multiple times a night oh or something, yeah and they just, like, knew they, they had all the birds memorized just that that breaks my brain for a couple <laughs> of reasons but uh, yeah but anyway what i was going to say about splendor is that um i i think the when you know you've hit a next level of splendor when people hate reserve items uh that they can see that oh you've got a bunch of rubies and that means that that third tier item that's like a, a seven ruby card is going to be well within your grasp, so yeah, now I'll reserve it. I'll take it and just see what if I can roll the dice and see if uh, what comes up is nicer to me with whatever I've got, whether it's more balanced or uh, it's more heavily uh, linked towards something like uh, like, I don't know, opals or emeralds or something on there. and it, it's extremely, it's extremely How early nice approach to
0: it like the value cards, if you can. Pardon me. How early do you push to the point value cards if you can? Like, do you, do you, would you, are you the kind of person that will get like one of each of the free ones and then start building your way up? Or would you, like, would you get a value card, like a point value card? I'm talking second tier. Yeah. Before having anything of that color.
1: I guess it depends how things are coming down and, and based on the lord composition too so yes. it like that's the first thing i look at and i'm sure that's what you guys do too is you look at the lords and i cross-reference like what's the most common color between them usually there are two that kind of yeah. are spread between them sometimes you get one that's on all of them uh so then right away you know one that that one's pretty valuable so you look at that and then also look at what are the most valuable tier threes up there and yep. then you kind of look at okay so can i build simultaneously towards the tier threes and also aiming for the lords uh and then you also just got to deal with what's up there at the front so if there's if if you can kind of build towards that i think it's like i know some people that will like dedicate themselves to getting those point cards uh mm-hmm. to their detriment that they're just like building up building up they're not building the engine they're just getting points so they may be getting yeah. points faster than you but they don't have they, they can't sustain it so it's like they're going for the short terms for some reason um, but i've seen and I, it
0: work like i don't know my nephew he's got to be like 10 or something like that last yeah. time we were there he he was playing a completely different way it was like you know like the chinese playing twilight struggle yeah, just, point, point. It just like took 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 an approach that i would never seen before and i've always done the L- engine builder route in yeah In Splendor, it's always worked out well for me. You know, just, like, get a nice base. I like to get, like, one of each color. And then, yeah, like, build towards whatever the lords are. As long as I can get, like, a reasonable price on everything, right? Whatever I'm paying the least for. But then he came on, and he was just, you know, collecting gems, collecting gems, taking an expensive one, collecting gems, collecting gems, taking an expensive one. He didn't do it right away. You know, he got, like, a couple free ones first. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was like beating us like fairly consistently with this weird like had significantly less cards, but they were all worth points and and he he would just like get to that fifteen, uh in in some weird way take one of the lords or or whatever.
1: Hmm. Uh, See, there's it almost, something
0: to it, Jack. I don't know how he did it. Yeah,
1: I'm almost wondering if it. Because it... hmm. hmm. I think uh, two player. Two player splendor is a lot different than playing with higher numbers. I think two is the best way to play it almost. Three is tolerable, four is just chaos, and uh, you just gotta hope for the best. Um But I, I think hate drafting is really the next level. And that's yep. where you can take the if gold. you can if yeah, you take the gold, if you can see so let's say let's take your and your nephew for example. Yeah, um, so you can see he's building up, building up. If he's got that many gems, he's got his eye on something right and then he, uh,
0: could, he couldn't afford anything else
1: yeah and if you you snipe that like taking something taller like sure he might be able to get something i i think if you can slow him down for a turn and also get your gold then you've won like are you you've managed to achieve what you did but if you do that and then something else pops up and he still gets to buy whatever you're behind and he's ahead so it comes down to the randomness um it's tough to say. I, I've never really dug into the this this deep strategy behind Splendor. the The only thing that bugs me is if when you're playing it and uh, you buy something that's this price, and then a card flips that's strictly better than it, and you just, yeah. you just go ah what the hell just like oh, oh yeah. that's like there's also like
0: that advantage of going first when there's a three cost up.
1: Mm, true, because you're gonna have the first crack anyway. Yeah. There's there's stuff. <laughs> it's not a perfect game, and I and I think it's uh uh it, it's just it's it's easy that's the best way i'll put it it's not um it, it's not a brain breaker and we can crank out games quite quickly and it's just it's cozy in that sense so mm-hmm. um it, i don't know it, it it just fits a perfect niche in terms of i understand like how to play
0: works. perfectly it sounds like we were both playing pretty light games because the other thing that we played was roll for the galaxy jr as I like to call it, or uh
1: tiny epic
0: galaxies.
1: Oh, okay. And I lost that one too. Yeah. Well we got to play role for the galaxies, so <laughs> Oh,
0: you played the legit game. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh I'm trying to think uh I Kayla won that one, which I was I was super uh impressed with. She went for a uh, she was getting tons of victory points off her. She had a shipping empire going and she was taking hmm. the VPs and then the game ended and she ended up with like 30 MVPs or something crazy. And uh... I wonder what John would have done to her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good question. I know he's he's just a, like, I, I'm wondering if it's even a game to him at this point or if it's just a matter of like uh, you know, going back to uh, like Sudoku, or something? Sudoku. It's just a crossword. Okay, done. It's not even, who knows. For
0: those of you not in the know, our friend John K is current. Oop, I said his full name. Uh, is currently, he's she's
1: been on the show. It's fine.
0: Yeah, uh, is currently I think top ten. I mean, I don't know if he's kept it, but top ten on Board Game Arena for tiny, uh, not for Tiny Epic
1: Galaxy for Role for the Galaxy. And what's the region too? Is it? It's not North America, is it? Or uh... I think it's just on the game. I don't know if you play. Period. <laughs> Regional services, yeah. Can you imagine? That's wild. It's it's a it's a really really good game, and there's it's that's a game that definitely shines at three players and four players because there's that has that um, Puerto Rico follow the leader aspect to it and you really want to look what other people are doing and you want to follow like anticipate yep. like oh joel's gonna do that so it's obvious i don't have to do this but i can put something into it so i can get some extra points on it but i want to activate this one and joel's again me saying well it's obvious jack wants to do that one so i don't have to put any and then you both stare at each other's neither one picks the one they expected and you don't do anything and the other person just said i'm gonna take what i want and goes on to do that what that they makes do.
0: me curious of what player count john plays at you know because it's it, I'm probably sure it's played fairly differently from two to four to.
1: Is it a good two-player game? It's fantastic. Yeah. Huh. Y- you roll, and the thing about the two-player, and this is where the randomness comes in, is you roll an extra dice, and that's um. Uh, that and it's only a white dice, so it's it's only gonna be a couple, or it's gonna be the basic stuff. Um, and there's gonna be an extra action that shows up, and uh, it could be one that somebody's already picked, or it can be an extra one. So there is literally. Uh, kind of a, a gambling aspect of like, oh gee, do I let the AI basically help me out? Like a one in six chance that it's going to be get give me what I want. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's a great game. Really, really like. I don't know if Robin's been playing it. I know she was uh, into it for a bit, but I don't know.
0: Well, uh, she's big into the tiny epics, I know, because she was teaching me tiny epic dinosaurs and tiny epic galaxies last time she was here. Mm-hmm. So she might just play that, but. I don't know. Yeah, they. She. She definitely was on board when you guys were talking about playing time in Apex see I'm excited because uh, this Sunday we're actually going to start up again. I know that like disc golf has kind of taken over for a while, mm-hmm. and that nobody really had any interest in playing board games. But uh, what are we going to play? 1820.
1: Uh, 22. Hopefully.
0: 22. And what's that one like?
1: It is set in Great Britain, Britain, and it is an odd duck in that there's tons of auctions in the game and um, it's it's got a bunch of the similar trappings of the, the rest of the genre but the auctions are really what makes it unique and um, there's a bunch of uh, tons of minor companies as well so I, I've been reading about it a little bit I don't know tons but I'm going to have to brush up on it before we play but um, I'm excited because uh, it's supposed to be quite good and uh, I know Wise has been excited to play it for it's a, a while Oh, good question. Uh, I think it's partial. So,
0: oh no, why well, is going to do some shenanigans? <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no we'll, idea. I'm just, there, we'll i might be getting mixed up, up. up for Might
1: it. be getting mixed up. I don't so. know if
0: why even had Mark in that email. Well, I'm not sure.
1: We'll have to double check because yeah. uh, maybe Mark will hop in on that one. But um, oh, before I forget too, uh, so it was Azul, Splendor roll for the galaxy, and then we got to play Nemesis, which has been. Uh, one of these games that's been kind of floating around for a while. It's been out for a bit, but um, someone popped joined the Guelph board gaming group, put Nemesis down as their favorite game. And um, I think it's a very appealing sort of um, concept to a lot of people. It's a miniature heavy Kickstarter game by the same oh, people yeah. I think who did uh, Tainted Grail. And I don't know if Lords of Hellas is the same thing, but it uh, might be getting mixed up. But anyway, a very splashy production value. And it is a competitive cooperative game set on a spaceship that uh, an alien menace has set up shop on, Uh-oh. and everyone is working to fulfill their own objectives while trying to prevent the ship and the from being destroyed either through malfunctions or dying uh, due to aliens ripping your face off. So. Ah.
0: It's is this insane. like an intrigue?
1: It, no, I would not call an intrigue in this the One sense of like. Many? No, no, I wouldn't even put it like that. The so everyone has their own character. Uh, they have their own deck of cards, and it's Gloomhaven esque in the sense that everyone gets two actions a turn. Unless I was reading the rules wrong, but that's what I believe it is. So you get two actions a turn, and each action will cost different. Uh, amount on cards some only cost you the card itself some will cost you the card to do it plus an extra and so on Oh, I'm going to sneeze one sec oh, I lost it that's the worst oh. <laughs> uh, and then there are the different rooms your characters in each do something special you. too so it's there, there's a ton of information that's one of the problems too is that a lot of it is um, kind of obfuscated like there's a whole sh- there are two separate sheets, I think, to let you know what each room does because they don't write it on the room itself. And yeah. the ship is randomly laid out in the sense you have these hexes and you shuffle them up and you put them down. And then you take more little count counters, shuffle them, put them down. So you, you're exploring the ship. You go to one of these hexes. It flips over and you see what the room is. And you also flip over this tiny thing which indicates a couple things. It'll say whether there's a malfunction in the room uh, or there it'll indicate whether uh uh maybe it's on fire (laughs) maybe uh nothing bad happens which is fantastic like it's silent but the other thing too is there's this number on it and that there's it'll correspond to one of the hallways that is connected to this room and that's the noise counter and you roll a dice and based on the symbols that are the pips that come up indicates where you put this little marker indicating that noise has been made and this is where the pandemic influence comes from, that every time mm. you enter this room or a connected room, there's a chance that you might end up putting two noise counters on top of each other. And if you do that, we were joking, it's an outbreak. And you take away all the tokens around there, and then you draw from a bag to see what type of alien menace is going to arise ah. or show up in that spot. And it can scale from the, the, and there are different sizes of them. There's larva, there are adults. There are uh, breeders, and there are queens. And they're each with different abilities and different danger levels. And uh, the miniatures on the aliens are fantastic. They look really, really good. Um, and you're running around, and everyone has two objectives. You have a uh, what's called a personal objective and a corporate objective. And as soon as the first alien shows up, you have to choose between one of them that you're going to go for. And some of these objectives can be something like, uh, like the ones I had uh, the, the personal objective was uh, like kleptomaniac, like have seven items and then get into an escape pod. And it's <laughs> like, okay, like But the thing is, the escape pods are locked initially unless the self-destruct sequence hits a certain point or you manage to unlock them in the room. And the room that I wanted to get to was on fire at the time, so it's like, <laughs> oh, this is difficult. Um, right, but the other objective, and this is where it gets into the meanness of the game, is um, I think it was something like prevent uh make sure player four uh player three doesn't win the game and kill player one <laughs>
0: what so, so one of you is like kind of a bad guy
1: well it, but everyone can have possibly these sorts of objectives oh, everybody
0: has ulterior motives
1: so but that's the thing so i don't know that that the spread it's a team of,
0: success and an individual success
1: well it's not even team success and that's what i was confused about and i was trying to look through i was trying to figure out if i was missing something And this was my complaint about the game was that uh in something like betrayal um everyone's ostensibly on the same team at the beginning even though there's no like win condition yet pandemic you're all on the same team uh you're all trying to solve this problem uh games with hidden traders everyone is still working towards a common goal ostensibly Mm. uh to win the game in this there's as far as i know and i couldn't figure it out there's no common goal to win the game everyone's just got you their just personal objectives thing. yeah and you're trying and you'd think like oh, okay strength and numbers we should be working together to do stuff and that's where the it, it's something like dark moon for example it's like okay something's broken we got to go fix this we got to oh, deal dark with this moon. together why are you not fixing this what's your problem okay you, yeah you draw suspicion and this it's it seemed like everyone just went in separate directions <laughs> and did uh their own thing. did their own Eight. thing to an extent so basically
0: you're saying that like they they had there was this just like this expectation that you were going to be selfish and so everybody was selfish
1: and it was just like fine because i, I get i guess so i guess that's what i'm getting at um it's i think the issue is that anyone there... else exceeds yeah that's the problem so I, I think there was an issue is that i don't see why they're unless they were playing it wrong or we were, were teaching it wrong there's no global objective that we can be working toward in the sense of if we all do this, we all win. Or if we if we all don't take care of this, we all lose. Like there's no option. We all have to do this to an extent. Outside in the of other that,
0: versions you work together.
1: No, no, I was wishing there would be something like that. Because in this, as far as I know, there were just your personal objectives. And it seemed oh, like okay. the crossover potential was very low. So unless it was more generalized in the sense of like, oh, and and again, I just want to be clear, we didn't even finish this game. We got through three quarters of it before we, like a player died and we were like, okay, it's getting late. Like we're going to call yeah, right up. now and we're no. just going to say it. It, was, it was a good learning experience. Just a was a bunch of, uh, no, we got to play with our friends. So we, oh, cause nice. he, I don't own a copy of this. And frankly, right. after playing it, I wouldn't be rushing to buy it, but I'm very happy. Someone else has a copy of it. Cause I'm more than happy to like, try it. Um, but sounds the, like an interesting story. It, that's what it is though i think there is a there i think when you get the 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 learning hurdles out of the way and you are playing the game properly and i think this is something we've talked about in the past but like as soon as you understand the game mechanically enough that you can actually engage with it properly that's when the, it, it opens up and you can really tell if this is a good game or a weak game or what when you're not sitting there kind of fighting against well, what's what's the procedure on this, or what does this symbol mean? or like are we playing this properly? So, as it stands, i would I would definitely play it again, and I want to play it at least one more time before I get really like make up my mm. my mind firmly. But my surface impression was that the lack, the the objective stuff confused me because it seemed like somebody dumping intrigue where it wasn't necessarily required. and oh. it's it's kind of like how dead of winter everyone has. Uh, and I think this is going to sound awful when I put it like this, but I think Dead of Winter does it better somehow. That what? that you still have to worry about A common objective and that like you have to you have to kind of keep things at a semblance of a level of functional of functionality, or else everyone's going to yeah. lose and you're going to lose. And and maybe because there are things like pandemic esque, and I keep like pandemic is such an obvious influence because. There's only so many fire tokens. There's only so many malfunction tokens, and if you're required to draw from the bag and there are none left, and the ship blows up because it's like it's it's irreparably damaged. So in that sense, there's a there's a cooperative goal in that. Oh, I got to fix this section because if we get another, oh something's busted, then we all lose. Yeah. Or if the fire spreads, we all lose. Unless it's um, one
0: of your guys' mission.
1: Well, but it's like that's if the ship blows up, everyone loses. So that's, oh, okay. But um. I guess that's what I'm getting at, is that the if, if, if the objectives, as far as I could tell, off my surface impression, not even one game, um, were a bit more developed, or at least more thought out, as opposed to being so zero-sum, if there was more obvious crossover between them, or at least a common ob- global goals or objectives, I think the game would be a lot more interesting, and you'd be looking over your shoulder a bit more, thinking like, oh, is Kayla really helping me, or is she getting ready to just like lock me in with the alien and i'm screwed (laughs) here so it just needs a little more cooperative yeah i think maybe that's it i was looking for more of a cooperative experience but it's still it's a neat game and uh there's a lot going on with it and it's very overproduced and the the one last thing i want to say before we take a music break is that uh it did something that drives me drives me crazy and it has this um one dice that used for the noise um and uh so Okay, see, I've already screwed up. You roll the dice to see which corridor the noise goes in. The The token wow. just reveals what's wrong with the room. Um, and you have a bunch of side actions, like you can search in rooms. You can and you use your deck to do stuff, whatever. But the dice that you use is a D8, I think. Um, and they made it th- this off-gray color. And the board itself is a dark blue and black oh, color. Oh, no so this dice disappears on the board so you, you'll you roll it and then you're getting excited on your turn and then everyone's like where's the dice where's the dice it's like oh, oh there is it you is you're trying to do this ominous kind of like yeah thing. I think so I think it was supposed to be ominous but mm-hmm. it, in, in reality it should have been like bright <laughs> Like the, the damage dice is bright red nobody's mixing that up this should have been like green or something or something just like that pops versus yeah. this color that just like <laughs> disappears and you have to roll it kit. on the
0: board could you like roll it into a box or
1: something Oh of course you could roll it anywhere you like but i'm saying is that just like the our space it made sense yeah. to chuck it on the board so anyway that was my surface impression of nemesis Inst- interesting game uh, and i could see why people really like it and frankly like i would recommend it if somebody was going to say oh i really want to play i want to buy betrayal or dead of winter I'd say, no 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 just like play nemesis tell me what you think and then we can talk yeah. about that so sounds kind of so, cool yeah, I really think we hopefully you can uh, try it sometime. and uh, let like me know an what you think. kind
0: of like an innovative uh, take on the whole like mystery and space kind of thing.
1: I think that's a reasonable thing to say. it's um it's it, it's definitely creative and it's dripping in theme and there's a lot of um there's a lot of interesting ideas, and it's obviously a labor of love that's gone into it. but it's just maybe with regard to some of the the I, like I'd love to know how much it was play tested. I'm just curious about that, or how much it's an experience generator versus it's an honestly good game. And uh, um, yeah, that's that's all I'll say right now. And hopefully, I'll have something more to say in another time. So let's take a musical break. We'll be back in a second. Stay tuned. Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM, Android's Dungeon, What you just listened to was, I think we've played this for a long time ago, but uh, if not, ignore it. What is Woman from The Hexen, The Garden of Unearthly Delights from 2018. What is Woman? What is Woman? Um... I, I think it. You could classify it as a. I don't. I don't know. I call it dark synth. It's not dungeon synth. It's not quite dark ambient, but it's there. It's in the middle. Uh, lovely track from that uh, the band who I have not looked up since. I should investigate them because it's a great album. Pure, I'd say, space psychedelia. That uh, you you could almost see the. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say 1960s, but maybe 70s or 80s. Uh, rated r uh violent sex-filled uh, science fiction romp that uh, <laughs> cocaine field project <laughs> sounds going. good to me <laughs> yeah i mean like i'm not sign me up sign me up uh speaking of uh cocaine field projects we watched uh the the 1984 dune movie on the weekend split up in the two parts <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um the uh and not uh, wait we actually watched the alternative fan cut joel and this Ooh. is the one where this This guy, I think I told you about this a while ago, um, this very dedicated fellow. I think his name is uh, Spice Farmer or Spice Hunter. I don't know, something like that. Uh, He went through and he found extra footage that was in specific locations. Like, there's a TV version of Dune that had extra footage that didn't make it to the theatrical release. And then there was another version of the movie that had extra stuff in it. And he grabbed these and he spliced them into the theatrical version. And did his best to kind of recut the movie and he even did special effects uh work himself because in the theatrical release some of the blue eye effects are uh, misaligned or not where they're supposed to be so he even fixed up some of that stuff and he attempted to turn it into as cohesive a dune movie as we'll ever get because we're never going to see his six hour or however long original cut and of the Dune that he originally dude. wanted
0: to. come out
1: yeah, which is like i, I don't know, you know what's going on with that because I thought there was there was rumors they were going to release it into uh, on HBO Max, but I have a feeling they're not going to. I think they've, they've invested too much money in it to risk uh, <laughs> dumping it into streaming. They're going to just like wait till the summer, maybe. Which I'm fine like with if I, if I can like see in theaters,
0: 2021.
1: You heard October 21? Yeah. Oh man. All right, whatever. I guess it's something to look forward to, but. Uh... I'm still excited for it, but uh, anyway, it's it's still not a good movie, but it's it's still interesting to watch. And, Speaking of uh, good things
0: to watch, it, you are enjoying the Mandalorian, or you, you? I'm all done. It? All done. You're all done. Yep, so, I, I really liked it. So, uh, next
1: question: Have you seen Invincible? We've seen the first three episodes. Okay, so you're two. watching it. Yeah, it is it's an interesting show. I'll, I'll say up front, I hate the animation. It drives yeah. me crazy. It's it's ugly and cheap and It's kind uh, of
0: like anime not anime.
1: Yeah, it's it drives me crazy. It looks like a cruddy like a modern Teen Titans type stuff. Rip off. Um, but then asleep. but then when it goes into its hyper violent mode, it turns into something that's actually very fluid, but yeah. I will point out Joel, the I f- I found myself horrified by the violence in in a way that's like I love I love Blood and Guts, but there's something about Invincible's violence that I find um, it's, yeah. almost like gleefully it's horrific. It's jarring. It's abso- I think it's honestly disturbing. I, it, maybe that's the best way to put it. It's shocking. Like, maybe it's, it's shocking. because it's
0: like a light color palette and then all yeah, exactly. of just this insane gore and it's always yeah. just like way over the top it's just right there first episode. The it's like holy what did i just watch like was this a dream sequence or... yeah
1: it's <laughs> uh i loved it i loved
0: uh, I've, I've watched all of it and i think that uh where you know the scarlet witch whatever disappointed at the end this was I loved it, and it's been renewed for two more seasons. If you, I
1: could see that it's probably not very expensive to make. It's like considering yeah. how well, anyway. The and also the current hottest meme is the Think Mark Think. So it's, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm
0: not going to say anything about that.
1: I don't know anything about it, but I just like the, the Think Mark gotcha. Think. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That, and you're seeing original content about it, which I like. That's how you know that it's like it's really achieved. Yeah. For me, it's when it, a meme is hit uh, top tier as soon as people start doing their own takes on it and not just like slapping text over something and calling it a day because that's like yeah. that's dedication baby
0: it's funny because i've 100 percent lost interest in the the captain america whatever yeah show yeah like we watched two episodes and it just wasn't good and we just stopped watching everyone hates but it now Joel, i Joel, see all likes. the memes and i'm like man i don't, what know, what, memes? I don't know what any memes mean. i haven't seen anything <laughs> not, a, not a, a thing, thing going to dance and yeah i don't know what it means so
1: yeah that's the only it's not even a like just i've seen two one of uh the german guy in a plane explaining something very specifically and the other one is the i didn't even know about him dancing and it's like that's not a meme that's just you trying to make that that you're forcing millhouse on us all right like the the other one is legit (laughs) funny but the other it might be you know you ever
0: think like some of these memes are actually created by the marketing department
1: i'm sure they've tried but you always could smell those ones out they they smell yeah. they smell astroturfed you can That's they feel electric. fake yeah they never stick unless the unless they've really tricked me several times but i think the the level of depravity in some of my memes there's no way anyone's signing that one off or
0: like <laughs> letting their intern this didn't get past our ethics <laughs> department <laughs> Although, but every HR. now and
1: then well yeah but every now and then like what was it there was a uh, i think there was i don't know if it's a popeyes or it was a kfc one I, but it was in some because there's so many of these different like regional branches of it but they took the one where it's like average x enjoyer versus average yeah, y M- enjoyer, enjoyer. <laughs> yeah yeah, and they had like the soy boy with the giant mouth going, <gasps> and then they have like the disgusting chad with his like incredible face
0: <laughs> i like that and i was one. like
1: and like I can't believe they approved that one. it's hilarious. It worked. but I can't believe they actually
0: signed off on that. well Wendy's is kind of savage. and sometimes I see things from Wendy's that are clearly like
1: fake, but sometimes I'm not sure, yeah, that's the thing. It's like we've entered this like weird uh, I hate using this phrase but this postmodern era of internet ads where it's like <laughs> they've they've almost co-opted some of the internet edge, but it's always within reason. That's how you know that they're you know what uh, kills
0: me is now since the the Jimmy blow up there's just so much marketing for investing yeah yeah and all of these like investing coaches investing um platforms and everything and obviously wealth Simple's like one of the worst ones yeah but, um it's just like as a millennial i will i search in google how to stock or something yeah. like that it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just trying so hard <laughs> to appeal to us and on the other hand you know like what, like how many years have we been investing it's like what what kind of idiot it buys this crap i mean obviously like you hear about game stock blowing up yeah. i'm sure a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon starting to try to invest and get rich quick but yeah they're not gonna last
1: <laughs> i don't know it's you know the Luckily, I think most of that stuff is focused on crypto nonsense, and sure. I have zero interest in even touching it with a ten-foot pole. So usually, I just like whoop, doo, 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 just ignore it. I don't care. Uh, you know, if it's, uh, I, I just don't want people being taken advantage of. I guess at the end of the day, <laughs> and, like understanding that this is like a a giant slot machine. Uh, you can do your due diligence and you can hop on the ride, but just be prepared to understand what you're getting into and don't let people Like and that's the thing that it bugs me a lot about some of these um Like again going back to astroturfing that you can tell that like no nobody this is forced Nobody asked you you're building yeah. this artificial sort of push for this stuff. Get out of here. Knock it off. So whatever. It's usually pretty easy to sniff
0: it out i did want to say uh congratulations to seth one of our only listeners i mean one of our many listeners <laughs> um it's the second time in a row that he's won uh a season of diplomacy we've
1: Holy had two, smokes!
0: we've had two two seasons now one in 2021 2021 kind of rolling across and he is the only winner
1: that's fantastic great for seth yeah, and hey. it, it was actually a really
0: interesting final. Thing. Well,
1: we we got to, what time is it? It's we've got about uh, eight minutes, five minutes or so. So like, why don't you give us a rundown of this finale? Well, I
0: want to uh, talk about a bit about D and D, but uh, I, all right, I, let's do, I, we can go quickly. It take long. long, like yep. the the diplomacy was basically the situation where I was England, and I kind of like had like a fake alliance with germany and france which was alex and stefan yeah and they kind of knew i was going to turn on them and they were going to ready to turn on me and sure enough i turned on alex germans but basically that entire time at the beginning of the game i was just feeding information to turkey and russia (laughs) to like whatever they told me they were going to do turkey and russia knew because i told them and then kind of it was just kind of an odd situation where i They couldn't get across in time, but Turkey was Seth and Russia was Robin Uh and they both did fantastically. And Robin kind of uh, gave up most of her territory to, uh, to Seth so that Seth could win. And Alex gave everything, all of his control of all of his units to Stefan. And kind of this two versus two alliance situation where uh-huh. they, like one of them felt like I can't win but I want my teammate to win and oh, I they see. both did it at the same time and then it became this whole like can Stefan take all of Germany's units or all of Germany's set sessions before Seth you know like expands and then it kind of became this exact tie where one of them had 17 one of them had 16 And you need 18 to win and they had this exact border clash and i'm i'm giving it or i was like kind of like talking to robin about it but robin was giving advice to seth and alex was giving advice to Stefan, and they kind of clashed at this perfect boundary and then uh i sent a few messages to to seth say why don't you try this and sure enough seth just pulled out the win and the last year it was really cool wow like eighteen to
1: seventeen was the final score, which is like wow. exact split. Well, great, good for him. That's fantastic. Was it a really treacherous game, or was this pretty much by the book?
0: um Yeah, I mean, there were a lot, there were a lot of betrayals. Obviously, Italy and Austria dead dead by the fifth year, as usual. Or, <laughs> poor Austria never gets a, a break. But um. Uh, yeah and both of those were like you know italy had a brief alliance with france so that france could turn on me and then you know uh, a year later or less maybe six months later uh france just turned around and turned on them so you know <laughs> the typical backstabbing yeah it was great and honestly it was a pretty good season too robin came in hard like i think she won like Five of the seven games in the regular season before we get to the finals. It's wow! Insane. But in D and uh, I did play this Sunday as the player in the thing, and I just wanted to say that. Have you heard of like an adversarial DM? Do you know what this yes, is? Yes, absolutely. I've, I've never experienced one. hundred percent adversarial. Oh it's my insane. god! Insane. Like I spent the entire session. We we had to go. We had a challenge from like basically the first guy that we were supposed to fight ages ago, um, and he had put himself on the edge of this ice floe, uh, and then there was water behind him. And you know the DM had set it up so that everywhere in front of us between us and him. He had fed. He had planted food into the ice, and so that if we stepped there, we had to make a deck save. And if we failed the deck save, we'd fall into the water below this frozen water. So hold and on. It had... was
1: like you're you're trying to get the food.
0: No, no, the oh sorry, yeah, I missed a very important part. The food was planted in it, and he had broken down the ice and then put snow all over it in such a way that hammerhead trout, which were in the hammerhead lake, <laughs> were smashing
1: I the see. ice from below. Okay, cool.
0: So it was an interesting scene, but then you get into the into the details of it. It's like, okay, so I fall through the, I fail my deck save. I fall through the ice. I'm underwater. Yeah. I spend the entire uh, session underwater trying to get back up. Oh, that's fun. And every time I try to get back up, he's like, Nah, sorry, you've, you, that's not good enough for the save. You're what? still stuck underwater. Now make a Constitution save to see if you freeze to death. Oh my God. And it's like, oh boy, okay. I'm just going to make these uh, climb attempts and death saves for like the entire
1: session. Oh,
0: And then, you know, like we finally kill the guy and and then he tried to pull it. Remember when um, uh, Buddy, the head of the, the brotherhood was dead and not dead. Cause he cast fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, he, he tried to pull one of those off. So quickly I was just like, I take it off his head. Oh <laughs>
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez so the you know what you've described doesn't sound as much adversarially as much as just uh just a painful situation like where you yeah well no sorry
0: yeah the adversarial stuff is more like um somebody actually succeeds in climbing up uh he says well that's your action you don't get any movement or something like that like there's a lot of situations where like it's not the rules, but he'll make like kind of special rules to like try to see if he can end up with a win.
1: I see, I see. So it's kind of like you—you you feel I'm putting a thumb on the scale a little bit. And, uh, yeah. Huh. Um, are you—are you enjoying this campaign?
0: Not really. I played Age of Empires through most. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> and that was fun. This is kind of like Gloomhaven, oh, no. but I, I put Gloomhaven away. Uh, I just needed the space. Wow, but uh, uh. what did you think? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> the dying minutes of the show. Tell us uh, what did you think of our last session without giving away too many spoilers on Saltmarsh.
1: Yeah, so we we have uh, about two minutes left. So we we just went through a section involving a a siege on an island, and then we. Followed up the siege. It felt a little rapid. I'm surprised that it was set up that way because um, I like, understand there's some momentum, but the part that I was surprised at is everyone's kind of inflicted with this uh, disease that's making life quite rough and uh, not even an opportunity to really kind of mitigate it beyond, unless, of course, I guess your party composition supported it. But um, So we, we did the siege and the siege was fine. I think it could have been tougher to be honest, but um, yeah. Maybe we just handled it properly, but I almost think, Joel, and maybe this is just like a little tip for if you get to it with your other game, is that I think you should have more monsters coming and have like an obvious sort of daybreak counter or something, like how many rounds till daytime comes. Yeah,
0: I was trying to just think of it logically, though, and that was the problem, is that a round is like 30 seconds, and I know like that makes sense. A I get whole it. night to pass through. Right. Really, I know. Like, I you know the break for like half an hour. Or so I, I
1: get it in that sense. And I, I, I spent a whole
0: I... week thinking about that. Like, I would love to have it. Like you just overwhelmed the dawn breaks and everybody leaves, but I just couldn't figure it out. So I didn't,
1: I know it's it's or at least just have it happening and like in the background maybe you're keeping track of it and then it's just like uh, as things are looking as rough as it can be it's like the, as the sun rises uh, anyway with the, it's getting yeah. too much as well anyway it was and good I liked it
0: also becomes like this Deus Ex thing where you guys didn't win you actually were saved by the DM right so
1: yeah I don't know it's like I don't I wouldn't bug it it doesn't bug me too much because it's like classic siege it's got to end at some point you're never yeah. like Oh, you 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 killed all the enemies. The siege is over. Congratulations! <laughs> and then the other fight I thought was kind of interesting too. Um, it's yeah, uh, I like the scenery, like
0: super powerful. Yeah, and you could die, and I mean, you did. Somebody got knocked out, but at the yeah. same time,
1: there's not that much. There's not that many enemies there. No, and uh, I I think we can talk about that stuff later. I think we'll do the uh, Ghost of Salt Marsh sort of um, <clears throat> uh, breakdown later. Yeah kind of we can do our thoughts on it but uh that's the that's the end of our time for today uh i'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about next week but in the meantime thank you for listening to androids dungeon on CFRU 93 fm i hope that everyone is staying safe and staying happy or relatively sane and getting some it's been <laughs> cold outside so not like you've been getting a lot of sun but uh make the most of it you know do your best so uh thank you for listening i'm jack i'm joel